Hello and welcome to another episode of Cleared for Takeoff. I'm your host, Gavin, and I want to share what I've learned in aviation both on the job, off the job, and what I've encountered everywhere in between. About a week ago, I flew with a captain who clearly has a lot of knowledge of the aircraft, the, the Embraer 190. In fact, he's a, he's a Czech airman, which is a, a specific instructor who works with uh, both new hires uh, in their initial operating experience, or what we refer to as IOE, uh, or, or for captain upgrades as well. So Czech airmen are there as, as the... Well, they're checking. They're, they're the Czech airmen. They, they make sure that uh, things are, are operating smoothly uh, when, when it comes to new training, making sure that everybody's following procedures. And they also conduct uh, what are called line checks. For uh, Captains will get a line check, uh, I believe, about once a year in order to just make sure that they're following all the procedures. Uh, you know, there's, there's just like with aircraft having redundant systems, there's a lot of redundancy in place regarding operations and making sure that everybody follows the standard operating procedures. So anyway, the, this captain that I was flying with, uh, this he was telling me this was one of the first trips where he's not acting as a, a Czech airman. It just happened to be that we got paired up together. And so this was really unique for me because while, yes, I've been flying the aircraft for a couple of years now, there's always something new to learn. And I definitely learned a few things from him. One thing that I really noticed about his techniques were that he liked to manually fly the aircraft a lot more than normal. It's no secret that on an airliner, we use a lot of automation and we fly most of the time with the autopilot engaged. In fact, I think there's a statistic that uh, roughly, I want to say uh, out of every flight, it's about 7% of the entire time is flown manually. And that's just average across the board. You know, that, that percentage is going to change because if you have a long leg, let's say a transcontinental leg from Boston to LA, that percentage is going to be way lower because you're, you're spending uh, a long period of time at your cruising altitude. Uh, versus the takeoff and the landing, but uh, this guy that I flew with, he <laughs> he had the he disengaged that automation a lot, uh, and one of the things that he did not fly with for the entire flight, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the entire flight, is the the auto throttles, and and then for a good portion of the flight, he also had the autopilot off. So I wanted to dive into the auto throttle system specifically, and I think there's there's so much to share with automation that I'm I'm probably going to make a, a separate air episode about the autopilot system. So for today, I wanted to focus on the auto throttle system because it was really interesting not only to to watch how this captain flew the aircraft, but to ask him some questions and for him to to share the reasons why he used certain techniques. So first of all, the auto throttles. Before we understand the automation of it, what are the throttles, right? Well, it's, it should be pretty obvious, but these are the levers that uh, are located on the pedestal, the, the section in between the two pilot seats, and these will control uh, how we, we get our engine output, our thrust from the engines. Just like in any car, right, your throttle is linked to the gas pedal. Or in a small piston aircraft, it's, it's uh, a lot of times it's a knob, like in a Cessna, it's a push-pull knob. Uh, and some of the, or most I should say, if not all the Piper aircraft will have um, kind of more of a, a jet-type uh, throttle where it's, it's a, a lever instead of a push-pull knob. But they all do the same thing, and that is to increase or decrease what output you're getting from the engine. 
And so in a, in a Cessna uh, or um, even in cars that are older, like let's say pre-80s where they have an old carbureted style engine, it's a direct linkage. You know, what you're, you're inputting in the car, whether it's with the gas pedal or in the Cessna uh, with, with the, uh, the push-pull throttle, it is a direct connection to a cable that then goes to the engine. And this is going to open or close the valve, which is going to, uh, when it's the, the, the more it's open, the more air and fuel mixture is going to go into the engine, and those cylinders are going to burn more fuel and give you more output, right? More thrust. And when uh, you reduce the throttle, it's going to close that valve. So the whole concept is the same in a jet. However, there are more electrical components to it. In fact, in the Ember 190 and, and many more uh, modern jets these days, most things are what we call fly-by-wire. And this means, not, not to be confused with a, a wired, it's kind of a, an interesting way to describe it because sometimes I think of a wired connection as in, uh, it's, it's a hardwired connection, but when we say fly-by-wire, it's, it's an electrical wired connection, so to speak. So we have these throttles in the flight deck and they move and we get feedback, but it's actually just a computerized system where it it will send electrical signals to the engine and well well to a couple units in between there but the 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 end output is that any movement we do in the flight deck will give us a response from the engine thrust so the again the, the throttles they move in the flight deck it's an electrical signal that goes to something called a FADEC F-A-D-E-C and this is uh, that stands for I believe it's full authority uh, I forget what the D stands for but electrical component I believe uh, full authority digital electrical component I believe I believe it's something like that uh, and essentially what it is is it's this computer that again takes the input from uh, our, our throttle body and the flight deck and then is able to take all that information in and then send that to the engine to give us the output of thrust that we're requiring. So that's the, the basics of, of, of the throttle. And again, because it's all electrical, it's there's kind of this interesting disconnect where we know we're doing something, we're, we're giving it an input on the throttle, but it's all electrical. You know, there are actually very few things in the aircraft that are strictly mechanical. One of them in the Embraer uh, 170-190 series is actually the ailerons. The ailerons are the only flight control surface that are controlled by cable inputs. Uh, but the rest of it is all electrical inputs that then actuate, whether it's hydraulic or, or electrical system, uh, to, to activate whatever control system you're working on. There are a few other small items that are strictly mechanical uh, but for the most part, it's a lot of electrical components in an aircraft. And while that might seem a little, I don't know, maybe uneasy, I guess. Uh, the, again, the, I've, I've alluded to this in the, in the past with, with redundancy in aircraft systems that, you know, if one system faults, there's a backup, there's a backup, there's a backup for the backup's backup. You know, there, there's so much redundancy built in. Uh, but anyway, back to the throttles. So we have... Again, this throttle quadrant um, in, in the flight deck where we will control the thrust. And we also have an automatic throttle system, the auto throttle system. And so what this is, uh, is, is it's these servo motors that are connected uh, inside the throttles 
so that they will actually move automatically based on whatever input we have uh, for the autopilot system. So when we're in flight and maybe we're cruising at 300 knots and air traffic control tells us to slow to 250 knots, when we dial the speed in on our, uh, our guidance panel, that is going to then tell the autothrottles that, hey, you need to reduce the thrust in order to match the speed that the, uh, the pilots have commanded, right? And so the autothrottles, the, the servos will engage and automatically bring the throttles back in order to give us whatever speed that we set. So it's, it's kind of, I, I kind of associate the autothrottle with just like in your car on cruise control when you change the speed setting. So you know in your car, when you're on the highway, you're cruising for a long time, you can set the cruise control and then you can change it. Uh, most cars, they allow you to change it one mile, mile per hour input difference, right? And so that's, that's pretty much exactly what's happening with the autothrottles. But there are a couple more things because in a car, it's kind of two-dimensional, so to speak, right? You're driving on the road, but in an aircraft, you're going left, right, up, and down, right? So on the ground, the autothrottles, uh, when we arm them, uh, let's see, when we're, we're, we're taxiing out, right, for takeoff, we don't want the autothrottles to engage for a takeoff setting, right? So we only engage the autothrottles once we've been uh, cleared for takeoff. It's, it's one of the flow items that we do before uh, entering the runway environment. And so when we arm the autothrottles, what this will do is that once the, the thrust levers get to a certain angle, they will then engage. And at this point, the autothrottles are now fully engaged. Because while we're taxiing out, uh, it's just manual inputs uh, of, the, of the throttles to, to get us where we need to go. And once two engines are started, for the most part, unless we're trying to go up a hill or speed up or something, uh, with two engines running and idle thrust, it's a lot of power that these jets have moving on the ground. And, and for the most part, uh, you actually have to add brakes in order to slow down. Otherwise, even at idle thrust, uh, these planes will move very quickly uh, across the ground. So anyway, back to the takeoff. Uh, we engage the auto throttles, and once the thrust lever angle, uh, specifically in the Ember, I believe when it gets to 50 degrees, the, the thrust lever angle, say that 10 times fast, um, when it gets to 50 degrees, meaning that you know the, the physical throttles are, are sticking up uh, at least past 50 degrees, the servos will then engage. And it's, it's this pretty interesting um, where uh, you move the throttles forward and then you feel the servos and you actually hear them kind of engage and they move all the way forward to the, the takeoff detent. And at that point, they've engaged whatever our takeoff setting is, uh, whether it's a flex takeoff, meaning it's a, a derated thrust takeoff, or if it's a no-flex, you know, whatever the, the engine parameters or if it's giving its max thrust or a derated thrust, the auto throttle is still engaged to the same uh, detent for takeoff. And then at that point, they're engaged. The servos are engaged to hold the throttles in the forward position. Now, once we reach a certain speed on takeoff, the servos will actually de-energize. They will disengage. And this is to prevent any inadvertent reversal of the servos, right? Because when we're on takeoff, we once we get to a high speed uh, point, which in most jets we, we consider at 80 knots is a, a high speed um, moment where if, if we tried to reject our takeoff, uh, that's a high speed uh, reject. It's, it's a, it becomes very dangerous at that point. We haven't reached our V1 speed, which is a, essentially our, our go or no go decision speed, whether or not we're going to go into the air or not. 
uh, but 80 knots is still very fast. So the system has in place that once you get to the 80 knots, those servos de-energize so that the only way that the thrust will be commanded to idle is if the pilots intervene. So if we had something go wrong on the takeoff roll, uh, above 80 knots, you know, you just bring the throttles back. And at any speed up to until uh, V1, if we really had to reject a takeoff, we would. Uh, and if it was before 80 knots, you know, when you bring the, the thrust levers back, at first you'd be fighting the servos, but once you kick in the reverse thrust, uh, it'll again uh, disengage, disengage those auto throttles. So, uh, but let's say it's everything's going normally, right? So the, uh, the thrust levers are set. Once we get to 80 knots, the, the servos are then de-energized so that they, they're just stuck there in that, in that uh, takeoff position. And then on, uh, on takeoff, I forget the exact moment. I want to say it's 400 feet. I believe it's 400 feet. Those throttles uh, or the servos in the, in the throttles for the auto throttles will re-engage because at this point we're in the air, right? And the reason for this is, is the takeoff setting that we have if it was a, um, a flex takeoff, a derated thrust takeoff, right? That's, it's pretty much a maximum thrust takeoff. And once you climb out uh, above 400 feet, once it knows we've, we've cleared the safety area, right? Which uh, on the departure end of a runway, once we're uh, at least above 35 feet above the departure end of the runway, we're in the, the safe area, right? We've, we've cleared the runway. We've cleared the obstacles. At that point, we now can resort to a, uh, a climb thrust setting, which is going to be reduced thrust in order to save fuel and wear and tear on the engine. So the auto throttles will automatically command that climb function, which is pretty neat. So you don't even have to have your hand on the throttle. It does all this work for you. It's pretty remarkable. So going back to the captain that I flew with, Normally, 99% uh, of the time, we will always be flying with the auto throttles. The only time we might not be is if the auto throttles have been deferred, if they're inoperative for some reason. Uh, I have yet to fly an aircraft that had that situation. Uh, but this captain that I flew with, he chose to fly without the auto throttles, which I thought was really interesting. So even on the takeoff, uh, he, he didn't have them connected because that was just his personal preference. He just decided, yeah, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, fly without the auto throttles, which is really cool. You know, it, it gives the pilot more work to do because we're so used to the throttles being automatically controlled. But it's it's just an opportunity to to be more in command of it, right? And so the the, the thrust levers were, were set uh, by by him on the takeoff. And then once we got above that 400 feet on the, the ICAST, the engine indicating page, it will, it will show us when to bring the thrust back for the climb setting, right? To reduce the thrust to, again, save some fuel, save some wear and tear on the engine. And so the captain would manually bring the thrust back just a little bit to bring it to that setting. And then one thing that we do um, in most cases is once we get uh, everything all cleaned up, the aircraft is all, uh, the flaps are up, the gear are up. Uh, we'll actually go to a, a higher climb setting to get uh, us up to our cruise altitude because uh, apparently some math has been done that if you do add a little bit more climb power uh, in order to get up to your altitude, your overall fuel savings will be more if you get to your altitude first uh, instead of saving fuel 
on the climb, you're going to try and save fuel in the cruise. So anyway, without going into to further details of that, much of which I, I haven't even fully understood, um, we will generally uh, ask or, or uh, command the aircraft to, to give us a higher climb setting. So the captain, again, once once he told me to give the, the higher climb setting, which I put in the, the thrust setting page uh, on our, our little multi-function uh, uh, display unit, he then again was manually controlling the, the, the thrust to get it to that higher climb setting. So once leveling off, you know, normally the auto throttles would uh, start to bring the thrust back, right? Because in, in a climb situation, you're, you're pretty much full thrust. And then as you level off, you're not going to need that full thrust anymore to maintain the speed that you need. So then the thrust, uh, normally the auto throttles would be, you know, they would automatically bring it back to the setting uh, for, to maintain that airspeed at cruise. But this captain just elected to, to manually fly with the throttles, which was, again, really, really cool to watch because we're trained to, to work with the throttles. Um, in fact, it's, it's one of the, the items we have to do at recurrent training and, and uh, an initial operating experience. Uh, I remember I had to do um, a no auto throttle takeoff up through 10,000 feet and a no auto throttle uh, approach and landing once below 10,000 feet. So he he was a, this captain I was flying with was essentially doing it for for the whole time, which which again it, it was really cool to watch. And I, I remember asking him, I was like, why why do you decide to do this? And he said, well, I'll be honest, the auto throttles kind of kind of stink on this aircraft. And well, you know that that's all a, a, a you could you could say it's somewhat of a, a subjective view on it, right? Uh, he's he's got a point to it because the auto throttles are what I like to refer to as, as somewhat reactive and not exactly proactive. And what I mean by that is that when you know of a change coming, right, the auto throttles will react to any kind of system or, or uh, change that we input on the, the, the autopilot, right? So kind of like the example earlier I was telling you, if we need to go from 300 knots down to 250 knots, right, that's a pretty that, that's a 50 knot change in airspeed and so the auto throttles will command pretty much a full idle reduction uh, to thrust so the auto throttles will, will swing the throttles all the way back to idle right but maybe you don't want it to change that quickly right maybe you don't want the throttles to go all the way back to idle and so if you are manually controlling the throttles instead of bringing the the levers all the way back maybe you bring them only half back and the deceleration rate will be will be a little smoother right you won't feel this sudden deceleration towards the towards the front of your seat right uh, before uh, adding the thrust back in so there's there's a lot of these different moments where the the auto throttles like I said they're a little more reactive than being proactive and the other example is is on uh, on an arrival um, for, for starters uh, when when it comes time to to uh, to level off and then reduce your your power setting, uh, let's say air traffic control gives us maybe we're at 5,000, and they say descend to 3,000, then slow to 190 knots. Right. So when we're descending to 3,000, maybe we're in a, a flight level change mode where it's it's maintaining the airspeed, so it's going to give us whatever maximum descent it can given an idle thrust setting at whatever airspeed we're at. Let's say it's 250 knots. Uh, and then once we level off at 3,000 feet, the auto throttles will automatically start adding the thrust in order to give us 
whatever thrust setting it, it needs to maintain 250 knots. But if that instruction was to maintain 190 knots once we level at 3000, right, it's going to be kind of this two-step process where we're not going to uh, necessarily change the speed right away. Uh, and so we level off, but then if the auto throttles took over to, to maintain 250 knots, then you bring it back. You're going to you're gonna see the auto throttles commanding thrust input, and then they're going to take the, the thrust back out once you reset it, uh, the, the speed setting. So you have this situation where you're going to hear the engines spooling up and then spooling down again. Uh, and so if you are anticipating this, right, you can with the auto throttles off or or with overriding this is another thing that I'll get to in a sec with overriding the auto throttles you can kind of be a little more proactive and anticipate that okay if we're going to level off the throttles are going to try to command an increase in thrust in order to maintain our airspeed but knowing that in this example I need to slow to 190 knots I can command the throttles to idle and keep them at idle when it levels off dial back the speed and then once we're back to 190 knots or close to 190 knots can introduce the thrust back in. Uh, so that's that's one example of, of maybe having manual control of the throttles might be uh, necessary or, or just a, a nice technique in order to kind of stay ahead of the airplane. Another part is on the, the final approach, right? We're on the approach, getting close to the runway. And uh, just like in, I believe it was the last episode or one of, one of the last few episodes where I talked about the, the crosswind landings into Kennedy, uh, when you get just a ton of uh, potential wind shearing events, a change in wind speed and velocity uh, and, uh, and, and direction, I should say, and you'll get these moments where the aircraft, you feel this sinking moment, right, where you're, you're losing some of your lift. Uh, and, and with the auto throttles, again, they tend to be reactive with this. They're, you're going to feel the sink then you're going to see the decrease in speed, then they're going to command the thrust forward, right? But if you feel that sink rate before you even see the airspeed drop, you can already anticipate that we're going to get an airspeed, a drop in airspeed. So you can command an increase in thrust to overcome that, and you can stay a little bit more ahead of the aircraft, again, being more proactive. So this is another situation where uh, either auto throttles off so you're completely in control or overriding the auto throttles and speaking of which so for overriding the auto throttles this is a, a really uh, a, a nice uh, thing that we can do a, a really awesome feature of the auto throttles in the Embraer uh, is that there are these servos that that command the the movement of the throttles but we can override it and it adds resistance because the throttles the auto throttle always wants to keep it based on what the aircraft thinks, you know, what the computers are thinking it needs to maintain uh, whatever airspeed, right? But in the situation of, like I said, if there's a, a sink that we feel coming, we can actually increase the thrust and we'll feel resistance because the auto throttles haven't quite caught up to what you're doing yet. Uh, and they will, you'll feel some resistance and you'll hear the servo motors also kick in. You'll go, nying, 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 this, little, this little sound that you'll hear as the throttles, uh, the auto throttles are trying to bring it back to where it needs, where it thinks it needs to be. Uh, and then once it's stabilized again, you can just release the throttles and boom, they'll be right in the, uh, the same spot that they, that they think they're supposed to be. Uh, so it's, it's a cool tool that you're, you're able to override the, the throttles. And we do this all of the time, uh, even on, I, I want to say more than 90% 
probably at least 90% of all my approaches to landings, I'm overriding the throttles just a little bit. So when that captain I flew with mentioned that the, the auto throttles kind of stink, I can see where he's coming from. They're not perfect, right? They're, they're definitely not perfect. They're an awesome tool, which help us manage the aircraft more uh, efficiently, more safely. But sometimes it can be a bit of a hindrance, right? It, it can get in the way. And so this captain that I flew with, he, he just chooses to fly without them. Uh, and that's, again, totally safe. It's just one more thing we have to be manually in control of. Uh, because if you're if you're so used to the automation and you're changing the way you do it, uh, it, it can pose a, a slight increase in risk. But you know, in terms of, of uh, not getting to the speed you need to be at, right? But when you uh, do it enough, it's it's just it goes back to the fundamentals of flying, right? It's it's all about pitch and power settings, depending on on what uh, what attitude you need to be at. You know what phase of flight we're in it's it's all pitch and power settings so when you need to change the power you change the power when you need to change the pitch you change the pitch so uh, this guy that i flew with he just liked to manually uh, fly with the auto throttles off and so i decided it in, in in this trip i think it was a two-day trip maybe a three-day trip I, I can't remember so when i i started because uh, he i think he flew the first maybe i flew the first leg uh, and then i witnessed him fly the second leg and it was it was really unique because, like I said, I've I've been on this aircraft a couple years, and I'm starting to get uh, a real handle of of really knowing what the aircraft is gonna do. Uh, but I'm still learning. You know that that's what's really awesome about aviation in general is that there's so much to learn. And watching this guy fly the aircraft was was really inspiring to to just see the potential of of the the mastery of flying skills. Uh, it's it was really neat. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to try, let's, let's, uh, let's do a, a no auto throttle landing myself. And it was, it was really good practice because it's, you kind of, you think that, oh yeah, no problem. I can, I can definitely fly without the auto throttles. And it's, it's amazing how on top of it, you really have to be, uh, I guess, you know, to, to relate to something like driving, I don't know, maybe uh, with your your daily commute to work or something, you're always on the highway and you're all, always using uh, your um, your cruise control. If you're always used to using it, as soon as you don't have it, right, it's you find yourself having to work harder to maintain that exact speed, especially as you start going up and down hills, right. So it, the the same kind of applies here, where the while the auto throttles are not perfect, right, they do a, a pretty darn good job. And so when you're having to take over manually. It's it's pretty uh, interesting how much uh, how much more difficult it is to to really focus and pay attention, uh, and and that's that just goes to uh, when when it comes to to our flying right pilots are are uh, really just multitasking right which interestingly enough I was reading an article recently that multitasking is it's not really what we think it is where we're doing everything at once. It's just that we're constantly cycling through a bunch of decisions one after another and looping back around to the previous decisions. So you're going through the cycle of, you know, in terms of flying, Oh, am I changing my rudder input? I need more right rudder. I need more left aileron. I need uh, to pitch up. I need to increase my thrust. You're constantly cycling through all these micro decisions one after another that it kind of seamlessly blends together into what we think of as multitasking, uh, but it really is just a whole, a whole array of different decisions and inputs that we're doing uh, one after another. So 
you know, flying with the auto throttles off, it just, it had, it was an additional, uh, item that I needed to add to that whole circulation of, of, of decision-making and, and inputs. Uh, and it was really neat, uh, to, to try that. And so on the, the, the flights after that, I kept doing that. And then the trip, uh, that I just came back from, I also opted to have the auto throttles off, uh, for the approach. I, I didn't, I didn't want them off for the takeoff. Um, but on the arrival, once I got below 10,000 feet, I think I started uh, flying with them off a lot of, a lot of times. And in certain situations on an arrival, um, you know, but before you get to the final approach phase on the arrival, again, with the anticipation of decreasing our speed, you know, we need to get below the, the 250 knots below 10,000, that speed limit. Uh, there's a lot of these moments where, um, the automation can do a great job, but sometimes manually flying can do an even better job because uh, the, the parameters at which the, the aircraft decides when it's going to meet a speed and altitude restriction, sometimes you can just anticipate it a little bit better when you're manually flying. Uh, and so in those situations, okay, I know I'm going to need idle thrust for quite a while, so I'm just going to disengage the auto throttles because if the aircraft levels off, but I need to slow down anyway, it's going to first try and give me an increase in thrust and then it'll come back again. So just like I was talking about earlier where, you know, sometimes in order to, to first descend and then level off to then slow down auto throttles off, is just a, a better option, uh, to, to fly the aircraft. So anyway, that's, uh, that's pretty much a little picture of the auto throttles. Again, on, on, on the Embraer, we have, uh, these servo motors in the throttles, which, which automatically will command, uh, the, the throttle setting in order to give us whatever uh, speed setting that we're asking for. And I want to dive into uh, how that relates to what uh, setting we're, we're, we're using for our, our autopilot. Uh, and that just is a whole episode in of itself. So I, I think for the next episode, I, I want to talk about the auto the autopilot system and the different flight control modes that we have, because we have these different modes where the aircraft will maintain its speed by using its pitch setting, by, by maintaining speed on elevator, is what it's called. And then uh, for many of the other modes, it's speed on thrust, where the uh, the, the throttle will determine uh, how much the, the aircraft, uh, you know, the, the speed of the aircraft. So that that's a, a lot of information that I think uh, in order to, to space things out into to two different uh, things to discuss, I think would be better. So I want to dive into that for next episode, but that, uh, but for today, that, that gives you a little picture on how the throttles work uh, specifically in the Embraer. Interestingly enough, when I switch to the Airbus, the 320, the Airbus has something called auto thrust not auto throttles. So the difference between the two is throttles will move. You will see them moving as if you were commanding it, right? It's just the, the, the auto, uh, the auto throttles are, are commanding what you would normally command. Um, if you had to do it manually, like uh, say a CRJ, a Bombardier CRJ jet does not have auto throttles. So you always have to manually, uh, input whatever thrust setting you want, right? Then you've got the Embraer uh, and, and many of the Boeing models as well that have auto throttles where you see the throttles moving when there's a change in, in thrust command. The Airbus, however, they don't move. They are uh, auto thrust, meaning that the thrust is automatically controlled by the computers, 
but there's no, they're not exactly throttles per se. They're just kind of these detents that you put them in, uh, that you put the thrust levers in, uh, and then the computer will just do it all for you. Uh, so this is this is going to be very interesting for me to switch to that, uh, and and I'm sure I will have so much more information to to share and and all my experiences with that uh, moving on to the Airbus. So that training comes up in uh, four or five months or so, uh, and I'm really excited to to tackle that. Uh, it's going to be a really unique air, uh, experience where it's it's a new aircraft to me, and I, I've I've been on board uh, the Airbus up front um, a, a few times and on different times I, I needed to jump seat somewhere. Uh, and I also had the opportunity to fly a, a 320 full motion simulator uh, as well. And so it, it's been a long time. That was well over two years ago since I did that. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to, to get back to that. It'll be really fun. I'm going to miss the Embraer a lot for sure, uh, but it'll be really unique to fly a new aircraft. So anyway, that wraps things up for this episode. I hope you enjoyed uh, my experience sharing it with, with the auto throttle. And, and like I said, uh, it, it really goes to show how there's something new to learn. So flying with this one captain who was demonstrating his mastery of flying, his, his skills, uh, and his reasoning be, behind you know why he didn't want to use the auto throttles. And uh, he really was on top of the aircraft. It was really fun to watch. So that concludes this week's episode of Clear for Takeoff. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back next time. And until then, as always, fly safe.